Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. In today's much-requested episode, we have Mr. Rat Sundaram, consultant, trauma, and orthopedic spinal surgeon. We discuss surgery for back pain, when it's indicated, when it's not indicated. We talk about surgeries that are most effective and Mr. Sundram's opinions on the surgeries with the best patient outcome. I think you're going to love this one. Enjoy. Wonderful. So obviously today we're going to be talking about kind of spinal surgery and for Mm. the non-traumatic cases. So the, the normal as I air quotes, normal back pain in sciatica. That's kind of what we're focused on and probably, you know, is a large part of your your kind of work as well. In your private work and in your, your NHS work with that, you know, air quotes, normal back pain, is there a common diagnosis that you generally will find in the majority of those patients, you know, with back pain in sciatica? Or is there a huge mix of the diagnosis? Okay. It, it, it depends on what the sim- symptoms are, okay? And when we see a patient, what we're going to do is make sure they don't have any significant serious pathology, Okay. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that, okay? And what we'd initially look at is red flag symptoms, such as like weight loss, loss of appetite, severe intractable pain, okay? And what what we, uh, or, or progressive neurological deficit, what we think about in those aspects are, do, do these patients have like underlying something serious going wrong, like an infection or a malignancy? Most people don't have that. There's very few we, we see in the private sector who who have that, that problem, okay? And... and um, and, and when we kind of rule out that, we can rule that for that pretty much from a history and examination. We don't necessarily need a scan for that. Mm. Okay, the scan is to confirm the diagnosis. But when you take a clear history, most people you could find you figure out pretty much what what condition the patient has. Okay, and a, a lot of people we see often we is majority of people we see with generalized general back pain. Okay, what we call non-specific back pain. Okay, we actually find no cause of the of the, of the pain. It is somewhere in their back. It could be the um, disc degeneration, facet arthritis. Uh, ligamentous pain muscular pain okay and um the other people have if they have like true leg pain symptoms or what you call stenotic symptoms okay i'll i'll, I'll go that in a bit more detail leg pain symptoms are when you have pain from the back which radiates down to the leg in a specific area okay mm-hmm. and not often that will be the little toe or the big toe or the, or the knee and that's usually due to a disc prolapse okay where uh, um, uh, where a disc has popped out, is trapping a nerve, and that and that nerve is specific to the location on, on part of the body. For example, if um, going into a bit more detail, the, the big toe is supplied by the L5 nerve. Okay, um, we know that from anatomical studies, we, and that is um, just taught in basic medical school. Okay, and when a person's got big toe pain from the back, it's pretty much the, the L5 nerve that's being trapped. It's either due to trapped due to disc prolapse or a bit of arthritis, which is trapping the nerve in that area there. Okay, and um, uh, so that's what we see a lot of people associated with that, uh, and and that the population we see who have that are the kind of younger age group. Okay, but in, in the older age group is probably due to uh, more arthritis changes and, and narrowing of the spinal canal, and narrowing of the tunnels where the nerves ent- exit the spinal canal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, other symptoms that we see in the elderly population are called something called stenotic symptoms, and and because as you get older the spinal canal narrows. Um, the nerves are getting a bit more squashed over a long period of time. What these elderly people find is that when they when they stand and walk, uh, their legs become a bit heavy or numb or wobbly. Okay, when they sit down, they 
they uh, they get better and that's bec that's because the, the spine is a dynamic structure okay it is um although there's not a huge amount of movement in the spine there is enough movement to allow flexibility okay and um and what happens is when people are, are, are walking okay they're, 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 uh, the spine is straight that actually narrows the spinal canal okay by 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 a few millimeters as in when they're stood up straight stood up, stood, mean, up, yeah. stood, up, stood, up stood up straight and walking and when they when they walk the nerves are being squashed okay and then they, they get numbness and pins and needles down their legs and then they have to sit down because they can't walk any further okay when as soon as they sit down the the spine sh uh, uh, canal diameter changes it gets bigger and the symptoms immediately uh, improve on that there okay and the classic test that we ask ask for is what we call the supermarket trolley test. Yes. Is uh, the elderly people when they're walking uh, without any aids, they find it struggle. When they're walking on the supermarket trolley, leaning forward, the spinal canal opens, and they're actually uh, a lot better. They can walk a bit further. But obviously, they can't walk around town with the supermarket trolley. Okay, yeah. But, <laughs> and that are the commonest conditions that, that we see associated with spinal uh, um, back-related symptoms there. Hmm? No, I remember that the the shopping trolley test was something we, you know it gets drilled into your university and occasionally it's it's in a textbook or it's in a yeah. you know manual used and sometimes you'll see a patient with it and they'll say yeah it's really strange I can you know walk I can't walk around town I've got to stop every two minutes and kind of you know bend over or sit down but I can walk around Tesco's without any problems and you can literally bring out a textbook and say you know this is such a classic set yeah. of symptoms mm -hmm. and you can then it almost kind of straight away helps you kind of hone in on that on, yeah. on that diagnosis. Okay. Yeah, so when when uh, as a majority of the diagnosis made from the history examination, okay, and and that is uh, that is a classic history of people with stonic symptoms, okay, and a scan is done to confirm the diagnosis on that, yeah. okay, and also confirm which levels are being affected, and if you end up doing surgery, which only five percent of people require spinal surgery who have spinal problems, that we know which levels we need to kind of consider mm. and operate on there. The hmm? so five percent is very a very low number, yeah, yeah. Mm. A very low number of. of yeah. Of, of uh, and the reason why it's so low is because a majority of people who have spinal related symptoms they initially be agonizing pain initially and then in time the body is a great healer and the inflammation process settles down in time but and this can take a few weeks or a, a few days to a few weeks or a few months to before it settled down mm? yeah okay mm? and people often forget that you know and when you are when you're in severe pain and yep. it's been 10 days that's yeah. a very long time to be in, in to, be, yeah. to be in agony especially you know yeah. You've mm. seen, I've seen, Dave has seen all of these, the, you know, when you get a really, really severe, mm. typically it's sciatica patient and they're, they're, they're lying in the waiting room floor. Yeah. They can't mm. sit down, they can't stand up. They, you know, they hobble into the treatment room and then lie yeah. on their side on the bench because they can't do anything. And it's miserable to be in that position mm. for even 24 hours, let yeah. alone seven days. So sometimes saying to people, it will get better. It might take six weeks. It might take eight weeks. Can yeah. be really hard to hear. So it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to manage that. And, uh, but sometimes that reassurance of, yes, we know what it is, it will get better, is mm. just enough to kind of encourage yeah. them and then good pain management from the, there from is the a doctor. Light. Yes. Yeah. There, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So then if we look at the, so we kind of broke that down into three three people. We had the, the, the disc type patients, mm. which the disc was irritating the spinal nerve. We have the bit of arthritis, bit of lateral entrapment where it's irritating the nerve coming out of the spine and then the stenosis. Mm. If we focus on the disc people to start with, yeah. We know they're kind of the more the younger, typically younger yeah. age group. What are, do they have a typical set of symptoms as well? I know you described the stenotic people really well. Yeah. Mm. If you look at disc versus arthritis, okay. is there a difference there? Yeah. The, uh, uh, the disc is uh, uh, is a structure which which supports the spine. Okay, and uh, it some people describe it as a shock absorber. Okay, it, and it and it allows a movement of the spine. Okay, without the disc, the spine will be more rigid on that. Okay. Mm. 
It is a shock absorber, but also it is a, a load transmitter as well. Okay. And um, as you get older, the discs start degenerating. Okay. And but it, no, you can't stop degeneration. This is predetermined by your mum and dad. I always tell you it's your mum and dad's fault. Okay? <laughs> Whether you're the fittest person in the world or um, the, the or a couch potato, your disc will degenerate, and that rate of degeneration is pretty much independent of activity. Uh, they, 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 they've shown they've shown that in, in studies on that. Mm. Okay, I mean I can I can quote some examples. There's a there's a um, a research paper done. They looked at uh, twin what we call twin studies. We have two twins. Okay, <laughs> one who had a uh, one twin had a real manual job. One had a desk job, and they scanned both their spines, age of fifty, and they're identical scans. Okay, so the the rate of degeneration is not really dependent on your activity. Uh, There is a small amount of of, like if you do a significant heavy manual work, you might have a little bit bit more degeneration. mm. But overall, the amount of activity is not really dependent on degeneration. Okay, but as you get old, but as you get older, this do start degenerate. Okay, nobody's going to stay young forever. Okay. And what happens is the, the, the outer wall, the disc starts degenerating and the inside, which is more jelly-like crab meat material, starts to pop out, okay? And when that pops out, it can cause you variable symptoms, okay? It can cause agonizing back pain sometimes, okay? It can cause no symptoms sometimes. It can cause a bit of back pain. It, it's variable. The amount of disc uh, rupture or tear or protrusion is independent really of the amount of pain that you, you, you have. You can't... You can't say something agonizing pain, they've got a big disc or a big tear. It just doesn't work that way. Okay. That's a really, really important note because yeah. a lot of yeah. people say, mm. I've got a five millimeter disc bulge, I've got a two millimeter disc yeah. bulge, all, and there, there's no correlation between pain and, no. and, and, and between pain and the size of your yeah. disc bulge. Yeah, okay. So the largest pain, the largest disc bulge can cause yeah. no pain and the smallest disc bulge Absolutely, can cause severe, yeah. severe pain. Uh, okay. And I've seen people, I see, I see about 3,000 patient consultations a year. I see people with huge disc bulging out, absolutely no pain. Uh, well, they had pain, the signal pain initially, and it settled down very quickly. And by the time they come and see me, it's 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 gone. The the symptoms are gone. Okay, even though it's got a big big disc in the back, I got people with the tiniest little disc bulge or tiniest little tear in the disc, and they have absolute agonizing pain, and uh, and it hasn't settled down. So I, I see that, and I, I think a lot of specialists will see see that. Okay, and um, I said with the, with the disc bulge, so they can give you pain. Okay, but and then also if the disc bulge is trapping and it's touching a nerve or the inflammation is causing irritation around the nerve, then we get classic nerve root pain as, as I described on that. Okay, and, and that pain will go in the in what we call the nerve root distribution, anatomical nerve root distribution pain. Okay, but uh, what another misnomer is is that you, you people think you must have back pain before you get uh, the leg pain, and, and we see a lot of people who have no back pain. Okay, we don't know why that is, but they just have significant leg pain. And I ask you, how's your back pain? They said, I've got any. It's all it's all down the leg. Okay, and, and and that happens. But and also with a disc prolapse, you have when a nerve is being trapped. Okay, uh, and the most commonest discs to pop out are the L4-5 and then the L5-S1 mm-hmm. nerves. Okay, and those discs they trap the L4, L5, and S1 nerves. Depends on which levels there. Okay, and and that pain distribution is below the knee. Okay, into the uh, the the sh- the shin area, the big toe, or the little toe, little toe area. Okay, and if you have that pain from the uh, which goes down pain from radio from your buttock or back area goes down below your knee and into the area, it is pretty much a disc prolapse. Yeah. Okay, and the scan is is done to confirm that. Okay, rather we rather to to find out what's going. Yeah. We know we know that from history that it, it it is that. Okay, and with these patients here, as well as the pain, they can have pins and needles, numbness. Or, or weakness associated with that, with, with that as well. So you can have, you can have just pain, pins and needles, numbness, weakness, 
and a variation of the combination of those yeah. uh, of those symptoms there. Mm? Yeah, okay. It. And I find a lot of those patients as well, they're very, what we call flexion intolerant. So they'll really dislike sitting down. They really dislike yeah, driving, absolutely. going yeah. on a bus, all those movements, which will be typically worse, which is very different to that stenotic patient yeah. who mm. sits down and it relieves the pain. So yeah. often these patients, they can only yeah. often lie down or stand yeah. up. Because sitting will often be the worst thing okay. to do. Yeah, that, that that is pretty much true in general. But again, there are no two patients the same. Yeah. You could People have patients with identical scans and and in, and in most pa- in in this prolapse is people the the classic textbook teaching is when you sit down, okay the the disc bulges out more and it traps the nerve and giving you pain. But we still see a lot of people where the reverse is opposite, okay where when people sit down it gets it better, and when people stand, uh, the disc uh, uh, causing more pain. Uh, and that happened that that's we, that's probably because of the variation in anatomy, okay. And then in, in, in that particular patient when when they stand. The, the disc bulges out more than rather than sitting down. Sitting down seems to relieve it, and, and that and that happens. So oh, uh, a, a clinician should be mindful of, of that of that situation there. Hmm? So there really? will be differences naturally because naturally, of that, yeah. that change yeah. in anatomy, just as someone's yeah. tall or short. Yeah, there will be different uh, okay variances yeah. in that spine. Yeah. yeah, and the reason why there's variation, it depends on where the, the disc bulges out. It can be in, in 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 the spine. It could be in the middle, to the side, a bit more to the side, or, or out to, to what we call a far lateral disc bulge there. Uh, mm-hmm. but, and also, it, it's about relative uh, anatomy. And there are some people who have a huge, massive, spacious canal, and some people who have a tiny, spacious, uh, tiny canal. They can mm-hmm. be, okay, and somebody with a huge, spacious canal, they, they can have a, still have a massive disc prolapse. And actually, it's not—it's not actually tra- trapping the nerves. Whereas some people have got a really tiny canal due to their uh, just the way they're built. Uh, you can have a small disc causing a significant amount of compression and, and nerves being trapped. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why people have some variation of of symptoms there. That's okay. a really interesting, really interesting thing to remember. A lot of people in our mm-hmm. in a, in that Facebook group, and I'll, I'll invite you to it later. They um. Have, they will compare MRIs. So yeah. this is a photo of my MRI. This is a, oh, yours looks a lot worse than mine, yeah. and it's it's pointless. It's a it's, it's a completely pointless thing mm. to do because, yeah. as you said, mm. there's so much anatomical variability that yeah. it almost mm. doesn't matter. Okay. Mm. So that's that the kind of the, the disc patient and the stenotic patient or the spinal stenosis patient. How about the typical uh, arthritic patient? Might be slightly older yeah. who then also has a bit of sciatica, a bit of leg symptoms. What's your kind of what are you looking out for, or how will they normally present? Okay, and then. Often we see like with the people that uh, this um, about miss sixty five and above age group who uh, they have the, the 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 bit of back pain and a bit of leg pain when they're walking. Um, uh, when it's on the sit down, it gets a bit better. Okay, and it, it's kind of a, a constant um, um, uh, a a, a, a uh, sim, uh, an ache there, and it's it's, it's not stopping the doing uh, uh, everything, but it's not. They wish they could be better. Yeah. Okay, it, it it is problematic for uh, for them. Okay, again, in those people, a lot of them they do settle down. Okay, and it, and if they don't settle down, um, we could we could consider um an intervention on that. Okay, but the question: What is the intervention going going to do? Okay, is the two types of intervention we do with with um those kind of the patients or any kind of majority general spinal conditions either after like failed the physiotherapy practice treatment or whatever treatment they have an analgesia you need to that needs to be all optimized okay and i said before only five percent of people with symptoms uh require require intervention okay if it hasn't settled down okay we could try either a steroid injection okay steroid injections are really good for leg pain 
Okay, and they can avoid surgery in a significant number of people. About similar to seventy to ninety percent of people can avoid surgery. Okay, seventy to ninety. Yeah, wow, that, that's, that's quite. It's quite a. It's quite a high amount. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, you want to avoid surgery um, if if you can. Yeah. Okay, and I'll tell you the reasons why you want to avoid it. <laughs> and this is coming from a surgeon. So Absolutely. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, and I would love to operate on everybody. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you don't operate on the right people and yeah. and, and the people who you know who are going to do well. And there's lots of evidence showing which people do well and which people don't do well, okay, uh, which has all come out recently now, yeah. okay. And if somebody's got, an older person's got leg pain symptoms, a steroid injection has a good chance of relieving the leg pain, okay. But, but often these people, they have symptoms of like pinsiness and numbness and heaviness. Okay, a steroid injection doesn't tend to help with that. It's yeah. only helpful for the pain, okay. And before, like uh, maybe ten years ago, a lot of yeah. elderly people had like had um, epidurals for spinal stenosis. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty much been stopped now. The evidence says it doesn't work. So, so uh, most people do not do not do not do epidurals for what we call stenotic symptoms. Okay, you know, people with legs are heavy or pins and needles and numbness. So, how does an epidural differ from a from a steroid injection? What's the actual? So they're very they're very similar. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, an epidural is like. Um, uh, what pregnant women have yeah okay it, it is like a, a they, they put it into the the needle in, into the spinal canal okay and, and and that and we hope for the the, the steroid injection to just infiltrates the nerves around that uh, around okay. that canal okay it's typical what a pregnant women has for yeah for when they're going to labor okay but uh, the, the nerve root injections it's it's not actually into the spinal canal it's outside the spinal canal okay it's where the, where the nerve just leaves the spinal canal okay but um, it's it's very similar for uh, all intents and purposes. Really. A bit more specific, a bit more targeted. Yeah, so it kind of gets the, the one nerve, nerve yeah. that irritates Absolutely, it yeah. rather than the whole spinal cord or, or, that's around, right, yeah. around mm-hmm. it. That okay. makes sense. So that's then mm-hmm. the, the kind of the steroid injections. Do you inject people with discs as well or do you mainly save it for the people who have the arthritic type changes? Yeah, no, with the discs as well. Anybody with leg pain, symptoms, whether it's due okay. to disc prolapse or, or arthritis trapping a nerve. Okay, and... and the reason why it works, it's not the, it's not dealing with the compression, it's dealing with the inflammation caused by that area. Okay. okay so a steroid is a very good anti-inflammatory. Mm. Okay. And uh, if we if we do a steroid injection, okay, and somebody's got like a disc prolapse or a or a bit of arthritis trapping a nerve, okay, and we scan them after the steroid injection, maybe a few days down the line, it would still look the same. The scan will look the same, but what's happening is is inflammation is being reduced there. Okay. But the, so the appearance is what is is it, it, it will be the same on the scan okay there's a, there's a good saying in 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 spinal disorders we treat the the man or woman not the scan yeah. okay yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't treat the uh with a scan we treat the, the the patient itself and i often you know not you know when i'm telling you and often refer a patient to you or to mm. someone else for, for an injection that's kind of the first point of call is it's a, they do it to help reduce the pain and reduce the inflammation. Yeah. Then they can then do more. They Absolutely, can move more. Yeah. They can do more physio. They can yeah. do more exercises yeah. without debilitating leg yeah. pain. And often then that's the kind of the kickstart yeah. they need yeah. to get on with their rehab, which yeah. we know long-term is, is fantastically effective. That's for, the fun part. Yeah. The, the, the fun part, exactly, exactly. And then if that can then avoid yeah. them having... Okay. I mean, for example, in the people like who have... like In the elderly people with the symptoms, where they have a bit of leg pain, either one leg or both legs, and pins and needles and numbness, okay... I ask them specifically, what is your main problem? Okay, if they say it is, oh, my leg pain is unbearable, I want that to go, I can't walk very far. Okay, but the numbness and pinching and heaviness, I'm not really bothered with that. Uh, I can live with that. I want the leg pain to go. We would consider uh, a steroid injection maybe prior surgery. Okay, because once that, um, the, I get rid of the pain, I said there's about 79% chance I'll get rid of the pain. Okay, then they say, oh, um, pain's gone. 
I can, I'm a lot happier. My life's more comfortable. Mm. I'm walking better. I can sleep better uh, and things like that. Okay. okay. But if they say, oh, the pay is not too bad, but every time I walk 100 yards, my legs feel wobbly, we wouldn't really consider a steroid injection for that. Okay. Yeah. We would offer them an op operation for that. Um, if they if their scan shows a significant narrowing of the spinal canal, mm. which we can do an operation safely or, or not. <coughs> that. Mm? Yeah. No, that makes sense. So then when you see a patient who hasn't seen anyone else so they might be a private practice yeah. and they've gone straight to you they haven't had a scan they haven't had anything yeah what's your normal route of management do you typically refer back to physio if they haven't had any or yeah. for mm -hmm. pain management what's your normal route of care then for but for a, a back pain sciatica patient yeah it depends on the level of symptoms okay again most people who uh within a short short short, short pace of time if they if they've um um, I just had a symptoms for one or two weeks, okay. And if there's a and I, and I take the history and examination, and there's no red flag symptoms, I'm not worried about them. And if they've had a scan which shows uh, there's a trapped nerve, okay, I will give them reassurance this will settle down in time, okay. And they can have therapy what they what they decide. Other other uh, the evidence shows like we uh, physical therapy mm -hmm. right with manipulation is is good, okay. Mm -hmm. That's what the, the nice guidelines say say on that, okay. So we would. We would uh, re recommend that, okay. And if uh, and again, most of these will settle, settle down, okay. What does settling down mean? That they should, within a period of a few weeks or so, they should have noticeable improvement of what they are now, okay. okay. Not necessarily a cure, but they'll be a lot better. But in time, they should get uh, better in, in time on that, okay. Then if that doesn't, if it doesn't settle down, then we can consider the, the either intervention, either steroid injections or. Um, uh, or, or an operation if there we if we see a, a clear surgical target on the on the scan there scan. okay yeah. okay so then so then now that brings us quite nicely on to then the surgery which is kind of obviously why we're yeah. here as well to speak about it so looking at the again there's three patients we start with the disc patient the yeah. younger disc that's the cause of their patient yeah. is a clear signal that it's or a sign that it's irritating a nerve yeah what are your go-to procedures then after you've tried an injection? If that doesn't work, yeah. what are your your commonest things that you do? Okay, if it's a, a person who a young person who has um, a, a disc has popped out, they get into back pain and, and significant leg pain. They tried all the normal treatment, they had the nerve root <laughs> injection, it's not really helped. Again, as I said before, seventy-nine percent of people have a significant improvement with nerve injection. Okay, and only five percent of people end up having surgery. Okay, we would consider uh, the commonest operation is is uh, as a as a lumbar discectomy procedure okay and the operation is routine okay but that doesn't mean it's uh it's it, it's it's easy or it's no complications okay it's like flying is routine but flying you can have complications yeah. you can have catastrophic complications same yeah. as spinal surgery okay uh, and the operation is as a lumbar discectomy procedure and, and th there's a word called microdiscectomy. okay this is probably a fad word okay and it was there uh, uh, when well, before microscopes came out, okay, uh, we, the, the operation we used to do over a, over a long incision, okay, but because microscopes, when invented, we could do an incision and a small incision, about an inch or an inch and a half long, okay, mm, for for one level, okay, wow. but um, but the, uh, microscopes are readily available now, uh, magnification readily available, so most most incisions are doing through the the smaller size scar appropriate, okay. And the size of the scar doesn't really depend on what uh, on the outcome at all. So yeah. any surgeon will perform the scar which is appropriate to that patient there. 
Okay, and it's usually about a, an inch or an inch and a half or so for a one-level discectomy. Okay. So a micro refers to using a microscope it as is, opposed yeah. to a type of procedure. So it yeah. doesn't change the procedure. No, it doesn't change the procedure at all. Oh, okay. the, yeah, so the microscope, everyone pretty much uses magnification. Either we use like special magnification glasses called loops or we use a microscope. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and and it's a lot easier to do the procedure with that. Okay, yeah. that allows magnification and, and light. Okay, so, um, but a discectomy magnet, they're pretty much the same thing nowadays yeah. there. Okay. So a very brief mm-hmm. overview then. So patients in there, they're obviously lying down on their front yeah. once they're anaesthetized and they're asleep. Yeah. You make an incision. Mm-hmm. What? Where do you go from there? Okay, What's what the... we do is we, we make an incision through the skin. Yeah. Okay, and then we have what you call the fascial layer uh, underneath the skin. Okay, make incisions through that and then we go down to the muscles. We move the muscles off the spine. Okay, just fill the thing of the muscles off the spine. Move, move. them rather than cut them. So yeah, you don't cut absolutely. Any yeah, muscles. Yeah. yeah. Okay. As if you know when you're taking a bone off a steak at home, it's similar. It was that similar to that. Move it apart. Move yeah. it apart. Yeah. Okay. From the bone, and then uh, what we do, we then we, we get down onto the the bony part of the spine. Okay. We put our special instruments on that, which allow our, our incision to be smaller on there. Okay. Mm. And then we identify the ligaments and bone. Okay. And and before we do that, we check that we're at the correct level. Okay, we make sure we're at the right level of the spine is using x-ray. And then we just nibble the bone and ligament. Okay, and then eventually you'll see the nerves. The nerves are lying on top of the, the, from that that position, they're on top of the disc. We carefully push the the nerves out of the way. And then you can see that the disc which has popped out. Okay, and what we do, we we take that fragment of disc popping out. Okay, and eventually the the whole idea of the procedure is to make as much room of the nerves uh, around that level there. And take away the the um, the offending object, the disc there. Okay. The question is, how much disc we take out? The, the disc uh, it actually is is about uh, three by four centimeters in in, in size. It's quite a a, a substantial structure. But the actual fragment that's popped out is only about the size of a you know, the the tip of your little finger. It's only about uh, one to two centimeters in, in size. Okay. So okay. it is um, uh, in, in in length or so. Yeah. It's about yeah. size of a, maybe like a, a Pea or peanut or yeah. almond or something like that. Okay, so we don't take the whole disc out. Okay, we just take the the fragment that that has popped out uh, um, uh, to, to relieve the symptoms there. Hmm? Do you then sew up the back of the disc or no, do you put a mesh we, there? We what don't do, do that. No, we we just um, we make sure any free fragments are, are are taken out as well. Okay, and but um, that's a judgment call. Okay, and. Uh, we, the more you manipulate, the more damage you can cause. Okay, so you wouldn't want any any loose fragments out. We wash the disc space out, and anything that comes out, that comes, we take it out. If it doesn't come out, we don't start digging further further for that. Yeah. Okay, right. but the whole the back, uh, people have tried putting in uh, blocks, things, things, things like that, but the evidence shows that that doesn't work. Okay, because what happens is in time that those blocks can come out, or or if you try and patch it up, um, there are some like objects on the market which you can, you can plug into that hole. But um, they can pop out, okay. And when they pop out, they can probably cause more damage. So most people that I know, we don't start stitching the hole up. We allow nature to take its place, let it, it scar up and heal by itself, and mm-hmm. then and, um, um, and 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 it should settle down, okay. And, and that hole will seal up, okay. Yeah. But the problem is that there's with this kind of surgery is. Uh, although the operation is straightforward, okay, there are the complications associated with that, okay. Um, Take, uh, taking the, the offending fragment out of this fragment doesn't doesn't stop you from having another problem in the future. We know from studies now there uh, there's a recurrence rate. Okay, so somebody can have their operation absolutely fine, delighted, the leg pain's gone, they're back to work, uh, and they couldn't be happier. 
but the disc can pop out any time in their in their uh, in their lifespan. It can happen a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years down the line. Okay. okay. And that recurrence rate is somewhere between five to ten percent. It's quite big, okay. actually. So quite it is, high. It is quite big. Yeah. So it is not a. So the operation is to treat the symptoms there and then. It is not a, a long term long term fix. fix. People people uh, people come to me. I, I want to. I want the operation now so I can prevent it from the future. That doesn't happen. Okay. okay. They, they've looked at a, a big American study. They looked at 20,000 people who had this kind of discectomy operation. They found that about 10% of people had further surgery due okay. to recurrence. Okay. And, and of that 10% of people, about 50% of those who had a second operation ended up to have a third operation. Oh. Okay. And, and wow. that third operation is often a fusion procedure or not there. Are yep. there any predictors that will lead you to feel that a patient is more likely to have a second procedure? So that is a, a failed, or I'm not yeah. necessarily failed, but it's, ha- it's relapsed effectively. Yeah. Not really, no. There's no real uh, or predictors there at all. Okay. No. I think that's again another really good takeaway is that this discectomy procedure that yeah. is very, very common for disc bulges yeah. is not a, a fix, if yeah. you will. It is it's to relieve the symptoms, allow yeah, the no. body to heal. Yeah. Allow the, and then you can get on with your rehab and yeah. your, your physiotherapy, everything to make you stronger. Yeah. To which we know that potentially this is that's the best chance we can do to happen again. But mm. in some people, it will happen again. That's yeah. Okay. And uh, a very useful information is that we have our National Society website, the British Association of Spine Surgeons. Okay. You can just somebody people that type that on Google, it will come up. There's a national website. It's used by everybody, um, and it's just. Um, one good source of uh, point of uh, access for information on that. It tells you about all different spinal procedures, okay, and um, it tells you about the risks and complications and the outcome. And and also our data now that we we do is is we in, input our data and outcome or we call the British Spine Registry, okay. And that's a new thing that's happened the past few years or so. And uh, as and more and more searches are putting the data on that, okay. And if you look at the national data, okay, you question we look at the results of this, okay, and. Um, uh, uh, the average pa- patient who has uh, spinal surgery for uh, discectomy and they've got leg pain, the, the leg pain scores about 6 out of 10, okay? After surgery, between 6 weeks or 6 months, and when you ask them again, what's your pain score? The average person says about 3 out of 10. Okay. okay. So to get a 3 out of 10 average, you're going to have a bell-shaped curve. Okay. Some people have like no pain. Some people are, have a significant amount of pain afterwards. Okay. And that's just the, that's the data of, of thousands of surgeons through this country who put the input of their data. Okay. And, and that's what the results show on that. Yeah. Okay. And but and for back pain, the back pain scores for or goes from a six out of ten to about four out of ten on average. Okay. Okay. So people are, are better, mm. but they still have residual symptoms. Okay. That. And and that's and and evidence is good. Uh, and it shows that. So we can be quite clear to the patient what their expectations are afterwards there. Hmm? And you yeah. know that. Fantastic. So that's that microdiscectomy. So then the second procedure, which I know a lot of people ask about, and I know sometimes it can be part of a discectomy, yeah. is a laminectomy. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that something which, again, you do lots of? Is it something which you use for a specific, specific type of patient? Yeah, when and why yeah. do you okay. use that? In the, the, the laminectomy procedure is usually uh, done for more orthostatic people. Okay, whereas in the snotic people, uh, where the legs become heavy and wobbly in the elderly people is due to ex- excessive bone overgrowth. We, what we try Which is the arthritic changes, arthritic changes, yeah, the yeah. extra and, bone and that's, growth. Basically, we, we tend to do more of a laminectomy of there. Okay, we take more more bone from the back of the spine. Okay. okay. It's basically, it's like taking the roof of the back of, your, of, of, of the house. Okay. okay. Right. The lamina is shaped like a, a roof on a, a typical stand, on a standard house, a triangular-shaped roof. Okay. And uh, you can see the pitch on the houses varies. Okay, on on different houses, you see the same with the spine. And effectively, what we do is taking the roof of the of the, of the top of the house, uh, and that's what a laminectomy is on that. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's and um, we take more bone away pretty much in, in the elderly people. 
because there's more, more room exactly to make more room uh, for the for the spine there okay whereas the discectomy procedure the disc is at the front of the spine of, of the nerves okay and therefore we don't need to take much much of bone away it, we take more of the disc away at, at the front of the spine there mm-hmm. so if the when the patient's lying on the front you know you've got disc being the floor you've got nerve being the middle Absolutely, and you've yeah. got the lamina or the back of the bone being the, roof, the, yeah. being the roof so yeah. you can either take lamina away to make it bigger from the back yeah if there's extra bone growth or you can take disc away from the floor if it's a bit of a disc bulge or Absolutely, a disc yeah. just to take, to take it away do you actually have to can you see inflammation in there can you have to clean it up in terms of there's a lot of inflammatory yeah, what, what soup you, when type? you when you when you go in there especially when the uh, and a disc has popped out okay and it's trapping the nerve the nerve is being irritated when we relieve the pressure by taking with the bone and ligaments and the disc away, at the end, of the, when we see that, when we when we when we've done the job, you can see that 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 nerve is red and inflamed. Yeah, that is quite mm. it's quite evident on, on yeah. that there. Yeah, compared to the other the, the, oh, really? the rest of the nerves that we see. Yeah, in that area where the nerve is being trapped by the disc, it is quite clearly red and inflamed there. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. And then the the last surgery, which again is, is quite common, we see lots of patients who have had it done years ago and some people have it more frequently, is fusions. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that, again, if you have lots of multiple of, of, of failed surgeries yeah. or discectomies which have relapsed again, yep. you do a fusion. Talk us through a fusion. What What is that? Okay, so that a do? fusion procedure is, is to stabilise a spine. Okay, and uh, tr- traditionally now in the past 20 or 30 years, it's done with rods and screws. Okay, before um, rods and screws came about 20, 30 years ago, and before that, we didn't use uh, rods and screws and what is the old fashioned uh, non instrumented fusion. Okay, but the rods and screws allow a better fusion rate here. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, basically, the, the reason why we do the, the, the fusion in, in, in a degenerative spine is predominantly if you have instability. Okay. If your people have a lot of back pain and their spine is wobbling, and the most common reasons why your spine is, is wobbling around is, is due to degeneration and spondylolisthesis. Okay, and, and how do we how do you diagnose that? You can't really diagnose that clinically. It's quite hard, but uh, unless you see a, somebody who's got an obvious step in their spine, if you look at the back and then you, you run your finger down, and there's a step in the spine, okay, then you might suspect they have what we call spondylolisthesis. So that, that's okay. an, a movement, so, that, movement that, spine, so yeah. that that stack of Jenga pieces that, that of the spine, one has shifted slightly. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And that's what's made it become unstable. Okay. So what uh, changes the, have happened? The most common reason is what we call degenerative spondylolisthesis. And, and that's because as you get older, okay, the, the disc is like an inflated tyre. Like if the air in the disc disappears or the, 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 the jelly starts, starts to deteriorate, mm. the disc loses height. Okay, and so the spine is kind of wobbling. Yes. Okay, and it usually happens maybe in most cases in one level. Sometimes it happens at two levels or so, but a majority of people is just at one level. Mm. And when the spine is wobbling, okay, the body is trying to protect that to stop it from wobbling. And, and 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 the body's mechanism is to throw more bone, to grow more bone around it. Okay, and that's why when you get an overgrowth of bone in that area, you, you get spinal stenosis and nerves being trapped. Okay, and uh, if that's and and we see people like when you get a scan, like we would get a scan. Okay, and often that will show that the the spine is is narrow, and also that the vertebrae are not aligned up properly. Okay, and, and with that, we'd often get a standing X-ray. Okay, and often and that can show sometimes that the the slip that we see in the spine is actually worse when it's standing than lying down. Okay, and if that's the case, that means that's what you call clear dynamic instability. So when the patient is lying down, the 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 slip is not that bad. Mm. When they're standing up, the slip is worse. Yeah. Okay, and, and that's contributed symptoms. And if that's the case, then we would consider putting rods and screws in. Uh, to hold that to hold in, in there, yeah, to stop yeah. that movement there. Okay. It's moving around and then it just pinches on that nerve Absolutely, and yeah. you get rise to the symptoms. So often yeah. patients will get 
yeah. lack of mm. symptoms when they're resting, yeah. lying on their back, sitting down when they're stable compared yeah. to when compared okay. to when they're walking. Uh, and the research evidence uh, now shows that you know, the people who have this who trap nerves and pain down their legs and they have a spondylolisthesis, we put rods and screws in, they they tend to do well. Mm. Okay, uh, majority most people will have a noticeable improvement following surgery. Okay, but what was happening before maybe even uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago or even more recently now is is when, when scans came out, uh, people used to think, oh, if you got disgeneration, you got black, you got what we call a black disc is, is, is a common phrase. You There's no use. fluid in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, or no, there's less fluid in it. Yeah. There. Okay. So that must be your pain source. And people were having fusions for that and uh, it didn't work pretty much. Okay. And, and there's clear evidence now Um there's been studies uh, in the literature showing that for fusion for generalized back pain doesn't work anymore. Okay, so we don't we don't tend to do that at all now. Okay, uh, for for back pain. Yeah, okay. there's a big there's a high rate of of that in kind of I believe kind of the 80s, kind of early 90s, Absolutely, and yeah. it was yeah. led to what a lot of people call now failed back surgery syndrome, yeah. where they went down, hmm. they tried all the conservative methods, yeah. and then the next stop was surgery, yeah. and then the surgery offered was a fusion, yeah. which and often in a young healthy person. Yeah. That the fuse it needs to move a bit better. They need the movement, yeah. and then they have a fusion. They lack the movement, and then they end up yeah. as this because they still have back pain. They're you know, segmented as Absolutely, a yeah. failed uh, back pain okay. surgery patient. Uh, and the problems with the, with the fusion is that uh, although they can have a technically perfectly good surgery, we look at the outcome. Yeah. Their outcome for 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 generalized back pain is 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 not is not you're not going to be any better off. There's no point in, in risking your uh, risk of complications or, or or the cost as well to having having major surgery if you're not better off. Okay, mm-hmm. but also with the fusion, when you stabilize a spine, you're putting more work on the rest of the spine. Okay, if you can imagine yeah. it like fusing a segment, okay, that segment's not moving, the, the rest of the spine is taking more load, and therefore it, uh, it's shown that that can cause what we call adjacent segment degeneration. Okay, and that can cause uh, uh, the the problem that was there at that level to occur at a different level. Because you stabilize one and something yeah. else has to move, so it starts yeah. to move more. Yeah. Someone's going to say that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then, most of these surgeries, do they do you all then refer back for exercises and rehab afterwards? Uh, you know, so, so as soon as they've come and see come and seen you for mm-hmm. whether that's a discectomy or a yeah. fusion, mm-hmm. how quickly are they up and walking around and moving? And- yeah, with with a surgery now things have changed significantly. When I was training before, people uh, uh, used to be in hospital for a few a few days, about five five days or so. And even my my predecessors who trained me, the people you know, when training thirty years ago, uh, people used to be bed bound for weeks on it. Okay, and they looked at the research and that's pretty much a waste of time now and the people who've had surgery now they're pretty much home the next day okay mm. if you have a like a, a what we call a surgery which doesn't require any fusion majority 80 percent of people go home the next day okay wow. pretty pretty much there okay and if if they have a fusion they they have the gear <coughs> home about a couple of days or so it's a slightly bigger operation there okay but uh also, they're probably older as well, Absolutely, so they probably yeah, need a little yeah, bit more uh, care. Yeah, but then recruiting the anaesthetic and a bit more pain, and, and they, oh, wow. they go home about two days or so. Yeah, mm. it always amazes me how much mm. anaesthetic takes it out of you. You know, you think, Absolutely. oh, it's just puts you to sleep, but you know, if you ever had, I know you've had one, I've had one. You know, that kind of yeah, mm. you feel tired for weeks afterwards. Absolutely, sometimes yeah. it really, really hits you it for does, six, yeah. and that's mm. only for a small procedure. So if you're having bigger procedures, yeah, you know, okay. Again, the recovery when when most people go home, and uh, we just tell them to be sensible. They start doing more and more, okay. And then um, over uh, when you can drive about maybe about, about two weeks or so, two to two to four weeks, mm. and by about six weeks time, 
we would expect you to get about 90 to 95% of normality. Good. Okay. And then in terms of physio rehab uh, is, yeah, that that's good. If some people, not everybody needs it. Some people say, I can manage, I'm fine, I, I can do it my own. And some people, they would uh, we would consider just maybe guiding. The question, what is a rehab? Is it, It's about general well-being. Yeah. Okay, your body is exhausted, it's tired. It's about giving the confidence and support to start moving the, you know, mm. from the, the back as well, the, the shoulders and the hips and knees and, and, and shoulders to start start moving and trying to get back to normality on that there. Yeah, and but, showing them how to move properly, whereas yeah. before they might not have been able to move properly, which yeah, is a big, yeah. big mm-hmm. thing. That's what good physiotherapy is, is guiding them in their good, in their normal activities of daily living, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that rate of relapse surely it gets uh, higher if you're not changing the the movement patterns, if you're not changing what caused it in the first place. Um, no, I, I don't think there's a huge evidence to say that, okay? Yeah. Um, but um, but if a relapse is going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm. You can't really prevent that, okay? okay? But you, what you um, do is you want to get the back to their normal state mm. as, as soon as you can, really, okay? Gotcha. And uh, a lot, a number of people have like residual back pain afterwards, and that's just a general stiffness and maybe not exercising enough. Mm. And then the rehab will 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 show them how to do that. Not that's a bit reassurance, not to be frightened. You can start doing more and more. But the, the people think, can I cause harm? Can it just pop out if if I do exercise? And the answer is no. Okay, yeah. if it's going to pop out, it's going to pop out. Okay. okay. If uh, basically it's like the, the disc is like a slice of cake. Mm. We take a slice off, and and more more cake can 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 break down. Can, can, break away from that mm. okay it's it's as, as simple as that you can't pre- you can't prevent that gotcha yeah mm. okay yeah okay. but obviously you, you don't want to overdo it straight away okay any kind mm. of operation will take about an average about six weeks to get back to a good recovery on that whether it, in most aspects of the body there and the spine is the same there mm. yeah amazing but the days of immobilization, stay in bed and don't move are completely yeah. long gone now yes. thank yes. goodness yeah. since it probably last 15 years has made yeah. a big mm. i mean even yeah. probably more you know i remember parents friends you know yeah. taken to bed for three weeks because yeah. they had mm. he had hurt his back didn't know what it was yeah. at the mm. time but yeah and it doesn't do that anymore does it uh, no thankfully yeah <laughs> so you mentioned a little bit at the beginning about emergency so outside yeah. of emergency surgery we, we've kind of touched on yeah what are the emergency procedures that you do i mean the big one will probably be called requirement Absolutely, yeah you see what else uh, you know, what 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 else would you do in terms of emergencies okay in uh, the the, the quadriquina syndrome is is quite rare, but we have to be vigilant about it. And, and these people who are again usually young young people, they they may wake up, they have a short history of of they might have a long history of back pain and leg pain, but they have a short history, maybe um, a day or so, where they difficult to pass water, the, the bladder is not emptying, they got numbness in your private region, which is called the perineal region between your um, uh, your penis and your and your anus area, or, or uh, vagina and anus in the, in, the, in the women okay they find that is numb okay the the bowels are not opening quite uh quite quite right okay then we would suspect that a disc has popped out trapping the nerves to your bladder and bowel okay so they will need um uh, an urgent assessment and an urgent scan to do to prove that yeah. okay and a lot of physicians now uh whether you're a chiropractor physio or, or a surgeon or or, or gp that uh, they they know what the science to look look for. Mm. Okay, when they they should be sent to urge, for an urgent scan in the hospital. Okay, but it's interesting that majority of these scans that people see they come out as negative. They don't have a they don't have a, a big disc bulging out. Yeah. Okay, mm. why is it causing? Why does that happen? We don't know why. Whether it may be a disc a disc tear as um, a, a disc tear as uh, has occurred and. Yeah. Um, 
and it's causing severe pain and it's making your nerves go haywire and they're not behaving properly okay but in if you it's but again 90, more than 90 percent of people who have those kind of symptoms don't require surgery the scan is oh, really? a negative scan wow. no urgent surgery is required so they might have clear cut on paper so, called requiring yeah, bladder yeah. retention everything yeah. but then on as long as they are able to empty yeah. their bladder and things i assume they mm. you, you you do you send them home do you monitor them yeah your... basically there's no surgery required in, in those people and then if uh and most of them they settle down okay but uh and it takes a few again we would treat them as as generalized back pain in most cases okay there might be rare conditions where they have that but that'll be investigated uh, before they get discharged but most people just settle down okay but on the scan which shows a clear cut trapping the nerves trapping the discus popped out trapping the nerves to the bladder and bowels okay we would do urgent surgery yeah how quickly okay. is, is we, urgent? we would do it as as, as soon as possible the evidence oh, shows within 24 hours oh so, so really really yeah. quick yeah quickly there, there and then on, on that admission there okay but usually that same day in majority um Within, within 24 hours period, that would be as soon as you possibly safely can, you can do it there. And is then the surgery dependent on what is trapping it, whether it's a disc or can they also have, you know, bony growth that Absol- can cause it as yeah, well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But in most cases, it's usually a, a fresh disc has popped out. Okay. And, uh, and, and it's trapping. So we would just basically make more room for the spinal nerves there. Yeah. That's what we do at that level there. Yeah. Okay. So they tend to be more acute rather than absolutely, yeah. chronic cases. Yeah. Uh, acute cases there. And then, um, the other cases that we see are, are trauma patients, okay, and these people are, are falling down the stairs or hit by a car, and um, any sort of trauma or falling off a ladder, yes. okay. But again, most of these people, uh, believe it or not, don't require intervention, mm. okay. They because when you break your back, like any other bone, we bones heal, okay, and um, uh, they they will pretty much heal, okay. And and the reason why we stabilize the spine. Is if we think that the 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 fracture maybe is going to uh, move in the future, mm. okay, and it's going to cause more more problems, okay, or if they have significant um, nerve compression or it's trapping the nerves. Again, fortunately, most of these people do not require any major intervention or so, no surgery, and they and they, they can they can settle settle down, mm. and when they settle down, they lead a normal, pretty much good good life after after that. There, hmm? okay. And other things we look out for is infection. Okay, again, some people do have like um, the back pain, and they they're not well. They have got a high temperature. They they can't when they move around, even they coughing or sneezing. A severe agonizing back pain. The blood mm-hmm. test will show that they got signs of infection. We look at infl- what we call inflammatory markers and the white cell count. The MRI scans clear cut infection. Again, most of these people don't require an operation, but if they have what you call if it's trapping the nerves, got progressive neurological deficit, or the antibodies not setting down the infection. We go in and, and wash out the spine there. Hmm? Okay. Yeah. Hmm? Brilliant. So we've got a couple of questions which people have kind of asked us about. Yeah. Um, and we'd kind of like to you know, clear the water, if you will. Yeah. One thing is, should I see an orthopedic surgeon or, yeah. a, or a neurosurgeon? Is there a difference in the procedures? Is there a difference in the approach? How does it differ? No, okay. It, there was a difference before. Uh, but again, modern day training now, okay, with the kind of... Um, they pretty much do the same things. Okay, um, as orthopedics, then the, the, the background is, is bones and joints uh, and trauma uh, and spine. Whereas a neurosurgeon would do what, what may a lot of brain work. Okay, a work called intradural work. If you if you have like lesions inside inside the spinal in the brain or the tumor inside yeah. the spinal, a neurosurgeon will be uh, um, with the person to see on that. I mean, I would see people who have what well, maybe classic sciatica symptoms or um, stenotic symptoms. Okay, and we scan them. The lesion is uh, that the problem is due to some kind of either a serious or a benign growth inside the spinal cord mm. or the brain, 
and that will require a neurosurgeon. Okay, so you then refer, refer on. on that, yeah. yeah. So okay. for, the, for the procedures which you've spoken about, yeah. the discectomies, because okay. I know in, you can have a neurosurgeon Absolutely, do it here yeah. as well. I know they're predominantly ortho. Yeah. But do you, would they do exactly the same they thing? They would do the same. Yeah. yeah. They, would, they would do the same. Okay. Yeah. But and, and by the nature of tra- traditional teaching, and uh, the orthopedic surgeons would probably do more instrumentation okay. uh, 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 of the spine than the neurosurgeons. But I think with with the modern the modern day training programs now is if you look at the, our spine society they're trying to make that training equivalent there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as I say, suggest is you you see the you you know your surgeon you you do research about your surgeon mm-hmm. look at their skill skills uh, and expert ex- expertise on that there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well answered. And then the options we spoke about. Well, you know, obviously people needing surgery. When someone comes to you, yeah. what do you what what are your kind of decision factors that you say to the patient that yes you need surgery compared to you need to go and try conservative care is it based on pain levels mainly or yeah it's about uh, the first of all the, the level of symptoms okay and uh, again uh, it, it, uh, for example I, I give like we might see like a golfer who he can't manage 18 holes he can manage 16 yeah. before he sit down and the question is and then his scan shows significant narrowing of his spine and do we want to really have major surgery to make the extra two holes? Things, things like that. It's yeah. about it's about the quality of life. Okay. Okay. It's the quality of life they're having, yeah. and there and there are appropriate symptoms. Okay. As I said before, we we treat the the man or woman, not the scan. Mm. Okay. But I can see people with horrendous looking scans, but actually that they're, they're doing fine. Okay. So it's down to whether they can't do their normal activities Absolutely, of daily yeah. living before Pretty they. Much, yeah. Okay. And if there's a clear surgical target there yeah. as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. On on that there. Hmm? And then what are the indications for not doing surgery? So I'm sure you get patients who come to you and say, I want to have surgery. Yeah. What are your indications that, I mean, if do you ever say you, yeah. you can't operate on someone even if there is a, you know, a disc bulge on an MRI? Yeah, okay. Uh, we will see like um, the, the surgery for back pain is it, not reliable at all. Okay, okay. Some people have like a, a little bit of disc bulge, but they have back pain and they have no, no leg pain at all. Yeah. And and. Any kind of surgery for that is not really reliable, okay, at all. So we wouldn't just start doing um, routine back discective procedure mm. for generalized disc bulges, okay. We so you know the outcome doesn't doesn't work, okay. Yeah, you've had the same outcome by maybe seeing a pain management team or or, or physiotherapy or chiropractor like that. There, so mm. doing having risky surgery it is not going to be that beneficial there. So we will we will we'll tell patients that there. Yeah. Okay, and and. Um, so we, we want to avoid trying to make him be, be worse yeah. on, on that there. Hmm? And then last question I had before Dave, I'm sure has some. Um, the difference in between a bulge and a herniation. So yeah. do you, if it's a bulge compared to if it's a herniation, would you like to explain the differences and yeah, if there's a different it, management? It is. Um, um, it's probably like um, anatomical variation, but in terms of management-wise, it, it makes no difference because uh, you have like a... Um, the disc and a young person there's not usually a huge amount of bulge but as you get older the disc washes down like a donut if you yeah. imagine a disc as a donut yeah. okay we have the the bread on the outside and inside you've got lots of jam inside okay if you squeeze the the donut initially it will start bulging mm. okay you squash it down and then if you squeeze it a bit hard enough the jam starts leaking out okay so the bulge is probably when the donut has just been squashed down and then a herniation when the jam starts coming out through the disc there Okay, so that will be herniated, and then you can have, and it's protruded, and then if it 
popped out completely. It's not connected to, to the donut anymore. Mm. It's called a sequestrated disc. So that's when yep. there's a clear, it's like a teardrop almost. It's come out yeah. on the MRI. Okay. You can see yep. disc and extra bit of disc completely yeah. okay. separate. But in any, those teardrop fractures where the disc has popped out mm. and it's not connected to this, there's a good chance those discs really resolve in time. Oh, really? Because and they've always started to heal as it's popped yeah. off. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 there's, and there's good evidence showing that those discs kind of... Um, you can get away without an operation if you yeah. leave it until the sequestered they, they because they're broken off from the main fragment. Uh, uh, the body doesn't like free stuff in your body. Okay, gets rid of it fairly it quickly. Gets rid of it very, uh, fairly quickly. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. There's, I think there was a paper recently about even the largest disc disc herniations or yeah. Yeah, can can reabsorb as Absolutely. well. As and, that, you if you look at my my Instagram account, I've got a picture there. Yeah, like of a of a young person who had a huge disc. Okay, absolutely whopping this. Okay, yeah. and then there's, but symptoms are minor, and and that resolved in in time. Yeah, mm. she had a, she had an uh, injection, and, yeah. and it's a couple of injections, and that settled down. Mm. Yeah, and the disc is pretty much resolved there now. Mm. That's really reassuring for mm. people. So the injections took care of the the inflammatory response. It, yeah, and therefore the pain and the body sorted out. The absolutely. Disc yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. That was my biggest question, actually. What, uh, is it once a disc bulge, always a disc bulge, or will that uh, uh, resect naturally? Uh, you know, in most, in majority of cases, it, it does resolve. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then the reason why we do surgery, the question is, is quality of, 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 of life. Okay. Mm. The absolute indication of surgery, if somebody's got quarter-requiring symptoms, okay, intractable pain, where they're stuck at home, they just cannot shift that pain, and they can't work, you know, they... The, the boss is after them, uh, the wife's after them, you know, they're stuck at all they're doing is, is, is lying in bed or they can't get out of the house, they can't drive to work. Mm. We would consider surgery yes. or they have what you call progressive neurological deficit. If they're getting weaker and weaker, we would uh, that's another option there for surgery. Mm. And the rest is relative. It's about the the, the quality of life. And as I said before, we tell them it's not a, a quick fix. It's not a long term. It's, um, it's not a long term fix. It might be a quick fix, a short term. It's not. It's not a long term fix. Okay. But I said the problem once it start, this start degenerating, your rate of degeneration is pretty much due to your genes. Okay, and um, you may have further problems. As I said about ten percent of people, up to ten percent of people, have further surgery or further problems in in, in the future. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. That's really, really good. You mentioned your Instagram account. Would you like to give the name of your Instagram account for anyone listening that wants to give you a follow? Oh, Do you know what like it is? It's TNO Spine. TNO Spine on Instagram. At TNO Spine. Yeah. Wonderful. So the final question which which I have is about imaging. And the the question which I probably hear more than any other question, and Dave probably does, you probably hear less so because you'll probably do it more frequently, is I need an MRI. Yeah. And can you send me for an MRI? My GP won't send me for an MRI. Will yeah. you send me for an MRI? Yeah. What are your indications for an MRI? And you'll probably see much more patients who need MRI yeah. than we do. Yeah. Um, but what are you looking out for before you send that patient? Okay, the first thing is from history. Okay, if... Uh, um, what we, the first thing, we, every patient we look at, and say, are, we, are we worried about them? Uh, have they got something nasty going on? Okay, and we can tell that from history. Uh, and, and, and all... All good clinicians will, will be able to know what the right questions are. Okay, mm-hmm. and again, if they haven't got anything worried about, like an infection, a tumor, or 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 a, a new fracture, okay, um, w- uh, most of these things will sell. You've got a degenerative condition, okay, mm-hmm. in, in all probability, okay. And then um, most people, we 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 can wait to have an uh, MR uh, before you scan. You have physio, painkillers, rehab, okay. Uh, well, question: How long do you wait for? Okay. It is reasonable to consider scanning a patient after six weeks. 
Okay, so I, I work with the CCG and we've set up guidelines and lots of, and, a, and, a, and a group of other people. We kind of said if you haven't got, uh, if symptoms haven't settled, settled down within six weeks, so it is reasonable to consider a scan. Okay, but question, what is, if you're, if you have back symptoms and it's not settling down despite treatment after six weeks, yeah, you're, you want, you can get a scan. Okay, but if you're, if you're, if you have symptoms and it's completely cured after six weeks, you don't need to get a scan. If you're improving, yeah, you can wait a bit longer for to have a scan or not. Okay. If you're having recurrent relapse of your symptoms, um, you might you might want to get a scan on that there. But you don't need to rush into get to get yeah. a scan straight away. If you if outside of red flag symptoms, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's really hard for patients to hear who might have been yeah. who are in severe pain, and often yeah. they think severe pain, severe damage, and we know that from their yeah. evidence that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. pain does not equal harm, and it's a uh, it hurts to hear that sometimes, but it's uh, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but it's true. And often scanning, we know that in long term, mm-hmm. delays return to work, yeah. delays healing, delays, and it's not due to the actual scan. Yeah. It's just because the, mm-hmm. the visualization yeah. of it, everything that goes along with that, you know, the dramatization of it sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. And then there's good work. research now saying in America that uh, over scanning cause more more harm to patients than than uh, the nerdy scanning or that there. Mm-hmm. Quite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine when MRIs came in, you were probably you know. Before your time as well, probably just MRIing everyone. Absolutely, you know, yeah, it came huh? in, it's a new thing. Probably when yeah. X-rays came in as well, everybody needs one of these new state-of-the-art things, yeah. and yeah. everybody had an MRI. <laughs> Brilliant. So, if someone wants to see a spinal consult- uh, a spinal consultant or orthopedic consultant, what's their best route of care if they want to go NHS? Obviously, they need to go via the GP. But yeah. if they go privately, do they also need to go to the GP? Can they contact no, you? No, they're not necessarily. No, they contact they contact me directly. Okay, I work at, in both Winfield and uh, and Northfield hospitals in in in, in, in Gloucestershire. Yeah. Okay, and uh, they can either um, the, the self-pay patient they contact me directly if they want to, and contact my secretaries, or they can see the GP and they can make a referral in. Mm. The, the insurance companies, um, uh, it depends on the insurance company what they what their um, terms and conditions are with them. Okay, sometimes they may say yes, or sometimes they may say you need to get a GP referral uh, beforehand. There. They're a nightmare yeah. to, <laughs> to work with. Sometimes they're fun. Yes, brilliant. Well, I think that's about wrapped it up for me, Dave. Unless you have anything else you'd like to like to add in I had loads of questions and I think they were all covered beautifully yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely perfect wonderful well thank you very much for listening uh, to, d- uh, to today's episode it's been a really really good one enjoy and take care thank you thanks awesome that was a really good one <laughs>